Cinema Talks with your host Tina Desiree Berg and Jason LaCory. You know they're lying to us, don't you? Red Sun, how long we have left, all that end of life bullshit. Try not to think about it. Ain't like I'm gonna live for another hundred years anyway. <laughs> Even martial law could not stop the reign of terror this month in the East Sector, as Red Harvest claims his tenth victim, Horn Industries places Detective Jerry Hipple exclusively on this single case. Each of my kills is like a painting, perfect, an unpredictable work of art, calculated, yet undeniably chaotic. Now, I am not going to let my work get corrupted by some local security agencies because they can't tell the difference between art and shit. I have a reputation to uphold. Red Harvest wants us to find his victims. He doesn't hide their identity. This... This is someone else. This ain't the old days, Jerry. Horn doesn't care how many gold stars you got in your record. You need to close this. Grillo. How's it going, Christian? Uh, peachy. The weather's a lot nicer today than it was the last two days. That's right. You're up in Pennsylvania, right? That's right. Yup. Weather sucks here. Yeah. <laughs> last weekend, we had weather that was in the 80s, and then the following Monday, it was in the 40s. Oof. Yeah, yeah, in the high 80s, and then it was in, like, the low 40s, hitting the 30s. It was, like, a well, I'm, I'm in North Carolina on a mountain that's, like, surrounded by taller mountains. Oh, it's just, it, it, when the sun's over the top of the valley that I'm in, like, it's great. And then as soon as it's gone, it, this place turns into an icebox. 
I'm yeah, the California girl isn't going to talk right about now. weather. Yeah. Anywhere? I'm just see nobody yeah. wants to hear about my weather. I know. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, Tina, you can complain about the time difference being up early, but yeah, your weather you right. cannot complain about. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to say a word, not a peep. <laughs> to do production now, you you've like got to wait till the dead of summer because otherwise you don't know what you're going to get. Well, that's why we shot a TV show, Law of Perdition, in the dead of summer. And everybody was complaining to me, like, why do you always shoot in the heat? I said, well, when can I get, like, a temperature that's not, like, 40 to 90 in a day? Uh, Christian, my first question for you is your new series, Law of Rendition. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, I noticed. Um, so tell us a bit about the series. What's the storyline? Who's in it? Um, if you have any funny behind-the-scenes uh, stories during your shoot to share, well, we'd love to hear those as well. Hey, wait a minute. You have a funny resemblance to someone. Oh, yeah? Who? Never point a gun in a cop. That's rule number one. It's bad news. We take that shit personal. I'm gonna sue this whole fucking police station for brutality! Brutality! Captain, since when is it police procedure for the detective to put a suspect in the trunk? Trapped in a trunk. Does a lion feel heartless when it kills its prey? As the spider injects its venom, does it feel guilt? Sometimes we must do violent things to survive, Chris. Sure. The Law of Perdition is basically a mashup of a crime detective show and a supernatural show so the premise is uh the guy andrew hunsicker he plays uh detective petrowski and he's starting to notice things that are different and he's having his cold cases come back to him and talking from the dead and revisiting him to solve his cases all right on how many episodes did you guys shoot it's nine episodes. Um, the episodes are about 15 minutes apiece. So they're like mini episodes, and you can binge watch it in a little over two and a half hours, I believe, two hours and 45 minutes maybe. And it's one of the things I love about um, streaming series now is that things are as long as they need to be. Yep. They're not the rules. They're not like stretched into, you know, they're not shoved right. into, we need to do something before this commercial, and then 22 minutes, we need to yeah. last in that until that commercial. And all of a sudden, shows don't make as much sense as they could. Like streaming, everything's so much tighter. Yeah, you know? well, my problem with TV shows and movies today, I can't find anything that I like to watch because every time with every TV show, the first episode's great, it's action-packed, there's all this stuff going on, and then the next nine episodes, it's talk, 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 talk. Hey, let's move to another room and talk. I just get bored. Mm-hmm. I have ADD. I can't sit to it. Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't find anything I like on TV anymore because it's all talking. And the reason they do that is it's cheap. It's cheap to make. It's cheap, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's why reality program is so prolific. 
Did you see the new Marvel movie? Not Marvel. What was the the Justice League? I almost fell asleep. I was so bored. It's just Superman talking to people. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that movie looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I got agree. I got Too much talk. Right? <laughs> what about the last Thor movie? Did you guys see the last Thor movie? It was great. I loved it. No, I can't even watch superhero movies anymore. They do nothing for me. They're, I just can't relate. Even movies that have like what's supposed to be like a regular guy in a regular situation doing amazing things is always like, you know, The Rock. I, how do I relate yeah. to that? The guy's like five times know. my size. But I'm Asgardian. I get it. Like Thor's my people. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, well, yeah, because you. That's true. Thor's your people. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're all hanging I know, it was a good Thor. movie. I think you should give it a chance. It's way better than the Justice, Justice League movie is. It's well, got a lot of I action and storyline. You know what it is, too, Tina? I can't take all the CGI. Like, I love CGI in its place. I use it in every movie. But mm-hmm. there's a degree. And all they're doing is putting people on green screens and filling everything in. And it just looks unreal yeah. to me. And I can't get into it. No, you're right. You're well, right. I mean, you can shoot an entire film on green screen now. So you're right. Uh, yeah. And it's disgusting because they do it because it's easier. I mean, it's, it's easier. It's cheaper. Superman in his movie, the actor, and they had a CGI over his goddamn mustache for, that he had contracted for another movie. <laughs> this is where I, yeah, I, I can't I, believe I that they. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. That's Superman. <laughs> Shut <Shave> his <laughs> fucking face. Right? Yeah, they could have just had somebody else in there taking his face from the last movie. Why don't they just do cartoons again? You know, like really good animated yeah. movies instead. <laughs> they are doing. They're doing big digital cartoons, and I'm too old for Right, but they need to just admit it now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. They're pretending it's live action. people, for Christ's sake, into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Did you see Star Wars? They had Princess Leia when she was younger, CGI'd, and what's his name? The, the old hard dude. Chris, not Christian. Yeah. Movie, yeah. Peter Cushing. Come on. Yeah, man. Peter Cushing. Really? That was. Come on. And, and Cushing looked like it's a cartoon awesome. version of Cushing. You're going to give me digital people that I know aren't real? I, I can't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. Up there while you're at it. I don't disagree with that. Um, so you also have a new band, and I know you always um, wrote music for your films. I know you did some of the music in Deer Crossing. I remember that. Uh, so what's yeah, the all, new band? The what are you guys working on? Projects. That's why I got oh, into do you? Okay. You know, everything is based on the music. That's what made me a filmmaker, was I wanted to do scores for film. And then my very first horrible horror movie, Belial, that we shot in an abandoned school building, I did all the scores for it and produced it, but I didn't direct it. But that's where I learned. that 
a prisoner like Gar would always be heavily sedated prior to transport in order to make him less hostile during his relocation. We believe that this is a safe means of transport and there is no threat to the general public. Um, what do you guys? You're, you've got an album coming out. You're recently signed. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the band, the band is a solo project. It's kind of like a Nine Inch Nails type of thing. I do everything in it. I play all the okay. instruments. So all right I'm on. basically going back to my metal roots and putting out a, a full length like death metal grind. <laughs> it's heavy. It's really, really heavy stuff. can look it up. I nice. got one of my, I got three, three videos on YouTube. It's Puppy Slut. Puppy Slut. Puppy Slut? <laughs> yeah, you love it, don't you? <laughs> okay, so where did you get the name Puppy Slut? That's funny. It's a nickname from my wife. <laughs> oh, there is, you go. <laughs> is it because of those pictures I've seen with the beagle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, can, we can say it's that. <laughs> we can say it's that. I love that. Oh, so so you work with your wife a lot, like I do. Yeah. Um, um, except she she's in front of the camera more. Yeah. Uh, no, not necessarily. She writes, produces, and directs Roxy Tyler's House of Horrors, which is also on Amazon Prime. So she's behind the camera a lot too. But okay. Why well, I'm in more than my I wife is. Like, <laughs> I don't like being on camera, but I do it for my band more than anything. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of it either. It's a thing that like where. Somebody asked me, like, why are you in all your movies? I'm like, because I'm the one who showed up that day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always one role that, that has to get filled by, you know, whoever happens to be present. Um, right. But so oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people can't work with, with family. Do you find that works for you or, you, or, or is, is it like a homestead problem? That, um, yeah, that's a, that's a baited question because I don't, I don't really <laughs> – I don't have much of a family. I have Carmela and my daughter. I don't. I don't really have much. I mean, my, I see my dad once in a while, but I never work with any of them. I'm the only artistic person in my family, so I never do anything with them. So, <laughs> yeah. No, but so, my daughter used to do a lot of stuff with me, but she's like turning 18 soon, so you know how that goes. Oh yeah, it's you she's know. Off the what? Things, not not you know making movies with dad. Right. Yeah. Now you're the. Now she doesn't even talk about you, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she tells people that because she she's had phenomenal success with it too. She put out, believe it or not, put out a blog on YouTube, and then a month later, she's on the red carpet uh, talking to her favorite author, uh, what was it, John Green, interviewing him huh? and having lunch with him, and then interviewing the cast of Paper Towns. And I'm like, well, how does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, every generation wants the next generation to be, you know, more successful, right? So. That's true. Yeah, well, hey, I was like, I was like, wow, I'm super proud, and at the same time, super jealous. You put out one video, and you're being interviewed by MTV, and 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 talking with David Austin. How does that they just picked up her video and loved it and produced, produced like, help her do a, a whole That's, MTV special interviewing these people. Right. So when mm-hmm. I first met you, Christian, you were uh, we were at a film festival. I don't know if you remember way back um, where you do, you had done this short, and I think it was short. Sure, but we were actually at the film festival for Belial, the first movie that I was talking about. Oh. I was there with Fancy. Frank was the director, and um, he actually died a few years back, believe it or not. He oh, had no. a brain tumor. Yeah, he was a good oh, friend no. of mine and a musician, which is how I met him. We we uh, I recorded his band multiple times in my recording studio. Yeah, I produced it, wrote it, and did all the music. That was my opportunity to score a film. Oh, right on. I actually got that advice from Tom Savini because I had met him and told him, you know, what I was trying to do. He says, dude, just go make your own movie and then you can score it however you want. <laughs> that's good advice and that's how I got into it. I took his cue and then from there, after I made that movie with Frank Kane, Belial, I got the directing bug. I'm like, I think I can get the hang of this because I'm good at doing like a lot of shit at once. And right, it right. just it just sunk in. I mean, then I worked with you soon after that. I did Holy and then Deer Crossing. With me, I just, I just can't believe that. I don't care about the money. Would you? Please, just. Oh, you got it, Mike. Uh, I'll give you a call in a couple of days. Because he actually speaks in the same way that he speaks as Pinhead. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. Be- I got, I that got became the running set joke. For that a lot. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to hang around with. He actually came back to the house and drank with us in the backyard back when I used to drink. And we had a bonfire. It was really cool to hang with. Um, I got chastised a lot on, on IMDb and everywhere else. Anybody could hate it, especially Redbox. It was like the most hated movie of 2012. 
Um, was it really? They ripped him and, and Ernie Hudson apart. And it's like, yo, guys, I made the movie for 40000 bucks. You know, what do you want? <laughs> the guy has a British accent. I got a name in the movie. Well, no <clears throat> shit he has a British accent. He's British. Give him a backstory. Fill <laughs> it in with your head. It's a fucking horror movie. What do you want? <laughs> right? I love his accent lends credibility to the characters he plays. But it's so funny because yeah, when you see Pinhead, you I don't know who or what you are, and I don't care. I just want my wife and my kid back. Oh, I understand. Well, you love this boy. You have plans for him. Hopes and dreams. A whole imagined future where you love him and watch him grow. Yes. Then complete your work. Although the boy will not die here, for a thousand years his dearest wish will be that he had. For God's sake. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? actually think that that's like a, a an accent he's putting on for the character but it's not it's really how i i had a whole like, backstory for him if i ever did a second beer crossing which was written but i just lost interest like i do with everyone i was right. supposed to do four seasons of law of perdition it did very well it made all of its money back in the first quarter but i had no interest in doing it so originally christian you had um michael madsen cast in the Ernest Hudson <laughs> role. Tell us, yeah, tell us how that went down. He's a drug addict. <laughs> he didn't show addict. up to get on his game. I talked <laughs> to his agent and he says, I can't find him. I haven't been able to find I him for a month. I said, well, when were you going to tell me this? I'm, he's supposed to get on a plane today. Right. So then we went to this, uh, a horror convention that was happening that week. We bagged the shoot for that weekend. And I met Ernie at the horror convention, basically gave him the rundown, made him a hardball offer, said, here, here's what I'm going to pay you to stick around for a week and shoot next weekend. Here's the script. And he took it. Yeah. And, you know, and Ernie was actually ending, ended up probably being a better choice anyway, as, as sort of things fell, fell through. Um, did you ever work, did they ever work out the financial aspects of that with Michael Madsen or no? I mean, he just left you holding the bag after signing the deal. I his agent down to get my $5,000 deposit back by the next week to pay Ernie Hudson his. It was a Tina, do you remember what happened that day, weather-wise? Just to have our wraparound joke about the horrible weather here. Do you remember yeah. what happened the weekend we shot? <laughs> Yeah, now you remember. It was a hurricane. And they were shooting and they were shooting in a school that I ran it and they were telling, the building engineers telling me, Hey, I don't think I'm gonna stick around much longer. It's getting exactly. bad out there. I was like, dude, I have Ernie Hudson here and I'm paying him more than I've ever paid anybody. I have to shoot. I don't care right, if you leave, right. leave me the keys, I'll lock up. I had to shoot his scenes outside where he's supposed to be watching one of the characters land on a helicopter, and I didn't even have to give him any special effect wind. It was blowing like crazy out there. It looked like he was on the airport. Yeah, yeah no, I remember that scene. That's so funny. Now, Ernie was a good egg. Um, Pinhead was a good egg. You had a pretty solid cast. Um, what was 
So you're saying that was the most ended up being the most hated. What, were people just disappointed or they didn't understand the horror of it? Like, like what the, was the criticism? Like most of my stuff, they were appalled by the content. Uh, they hated the fact I mean, that the ending of the there. movie, you find out that the kid sang and his mom. Yeah, that was that was. But you know, how is this any worse than Saw? I mean, exactly, and that's the point. Indies get hit a lot harder with the critiques. Hmm. Oh, always, that's yeah. I mean, and, dude, just go on any go on any IMDb or you or here's one for you. Go on Redbox and read the reviews of any crap-ass movie made by Marvel Studios or Disney. People rave about them, and they're garbage. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> I mean, the movie like take a movie like True Romance that came out in the '90s. It was an absolute disaster in the theaters. It's one of the most loved <laughs> movies when it came out on DVD because people said, "Hey, I ain't got nothing else to watch. Let me check this out." Because mm. there's all these actors in it, and it was amazing. Bronson's another yeah. absolute flop in the theaters. Now it's a cult classic. It's like my stuff's just more into garbage out there, but at least it's decent for the budget. <laughs> well, but that's exactly right. At least it's decent for the budget. I think people have the same expectations of a $30,000 film as they do of a $30 million film, which is completely ridiculous. And when they do that, they miss the charm of what a B-movie is. One of my favorite horror movies of all time is uh, Hardware. It's a it's an English movie. It's from uh, they shot it somewhere in London. We're in a time of throwaway technology. I give you thirty, forty, fifty, and then you'd see it my way. Only some of the stuff that gets thrown away isn't dead. No. Merry Christmas, baby. I got something else you like. What is it? It's a sleep. Ferro Electronics presents its new model, the Mark 13. The Mark 13 is self-repairing, capable of recharging its storage batteries from just about any power grid, including the sun. And when it wakes up, it'll become something entirely new. I gotta see. It's important. Meet me in one hour. A creature that combines the technology of a computer, the deceit of a human, and the killer instinct of a machine. James, listen to me. This is serious. Jealous in trouble. I didn't see anybody. Get ready for an encounter with some seriously heavy metal. Hardware. Some British director, mm-hmm. 22, he made it. And it got abysmal reviews. It's one of my favorite films and also is now a cult classic because the right people yeah. eventually found it. It's right. an amazing, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> awesome film. That's the thing. Every I movie has an audience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what <laughs> the I'm problem is. Finding my music audience. Because <laughs> like everything, it's an acquired taste. You're <laughs> I love your 
Troy Kaufman um, make an appearance in Apocalypse Kiss? How did that go down? Because Lloyd, um, uh, Lloyd's Lloyd a tough might, actor to Lloyd's my boy. Lloyd shot an entire um, behind-the-scenes documentary while he was there nice. about us. Nice. Was, now, Apocalypse Kiss was a complete turnaround. People loved the movie, but nobody watched it. So we're in uh, Pennsylvania, about 15 minutes outside of uh, Philadelphia. This very beautiful antique, uh, high-tech antique mall. You see it's very beautiful. And here is a gentleman. Uh, what is your name, sir? John Kent. And what are you doing hanging outside this very rustic uh, antique mall that looks very deserted and dangerous? Producing a very classy independent film. What would you call that film? Apocalypse Kiss. Now, why did you happen to pick uh, this uh, fine location? It was inexpensive. We were driving around looking for abandoned buildings and this was the first one we found. And why did you need an abandoned building? So we could do whatever we wanted to. So you're using it like a studio? Yes, this is our studio. How do you produce movies? Do you raise money? Do you, uh, I mean, it must cost millions of dollars to make Apocalypse Kiss. We find independent investors who believe in independent cinema and real independence. Has the, uh, the fact that the digital cinema come on the scene, has that uh, had any effect on uh, what you uh, have been able to do? Yes. Yes. Uh, we would not have been able to raise the amount of money to make a film 20 years ago. But now with digital cinema, anyone could be a filmmaker. Any, any lessons that you've learned that you could give as advice to uh, fledgling uh, filmmakers, John? Do your research. Make sure you have someone who knows about contracts and legal, legal matters. And always have insurance. Well, let's talk about Redbox. How does that work? Do you make any money from Redbox? Because we sure don't. <laughs> that was my favorite movie I've ever made with Apocalypse Kiss. That was where I was going to put everything into it. And that was a science fiction drama. I mean, you can you see it in the movie. You see everything in it. I mean, we have helicopter shots that I got from a helicopter at night. Like, these are all, this is all my footage. I shot everything. Mm. Uh, we have CDI in it. We have modeled spaceships. We have Lloyd Kaufman walking walking around inside of a spaceship playing the president. I mean, we have everything in that movie. There's there's tits, there's ass, there's dicks, there's there's everything in it. You, I couldn't give you more in a movie. No, you really couldn't. There, <laughs> you're talking about all the body parts. Some of them were shocking. And it, it was. It, it, the thing is, you could see the passion in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, um, that, that was my heartbreaker. Terrible, and I loved it. I still love it to this mm. day. I love the characters in it. I love the story. I love the sets we built. And that's going to be the one that's big, like a hundred years from now, after you die, and you'll never get to see how big it was. Yeah, yeah right. People be like, "Well, what happened here?" <laughs> True. I'm waiting for somebody you know, to find that movie and go, "Wait a minute, let's give this one another shot because something's going on in this." Right? Movie. I, I love that movie. DC Douglas well, was incredible in it. Well, it sort of has a film noir look to it. And I think, um, I was going to mention, I think, Chris, you got your start doing lighting design film, film lighting, and you, and it's obvious. I mean, the way that your films are set up, you can tell that you have that, that skill. I love light. I teach light I know to you do. kids awesome. now. 
Do you really? I teach, I teach lighting more than anything because lighting is a character that is sadly missing in films today. TV shows and- are rocking the lighting, but movies, it's all fake. You want to see a well-lit show that's lit like garbage, watch Gotham, but it's beautiful to watch. Whoever does, I don't even, I don't remember his name. I look at it. I think he's a Japanese guy. He does all the lighting for Gotham. Oh, uh, see, yeah, I haven't gotten to see yeah. that. I, I keep hey. waiting to watch it with my wife. And she, you know, you, just that, that relationship the binging. The wardrobe, the women on the show, the characters. But the writing is absolutely horrible. My wife loves it, but she loves Batman. I can't get into it. Yeah, uh, see, I, love watching, I love watching it just to go. Wow, that looks gorgeous! Wow, look at that! Well, I see. So, Tina, you said that uh, Apocalypse Kiss felt kind of noiry, and I know yeah. that it gets it gets compared to uh, Blade Runner a lot. Yeah, well, and I love the original Blade Runner. I love the set design of Blade Runner, and once again, the lighting. They did great lighting in Blade Runner. It was like art. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think that that's why, you know, it, it, the two of them get compared. Do you, like, enjoy that comparison, or does it bother you? No, I love it. It's a, it's a compliment. I was just, what okay. I was going for, I always said it was the poor man's Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, uh, well, see, I don't, what, I... What I was trying to achieve with, uh, what did I make that, 38000 bucks? That's what I was going to say. I think part of, part of your problem is probably, you know, when people come down on the movie like it's a more high budget movie is because nobody's going to believe that that was $38,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, no, people you're right. Say, you know, they, people always tell me, Oh, you know, this should look better for a million bucks. And I don't know this for a million bucks. Exactly. Like, How could it look better for a million bucks? What are you going to do to it? I mean, for real, just put bigger actors in it. What are you going to <laughs> no, do? And, you know, I mean, and what, I feel- what could I possibly do to it? No, Christian, I feel it's really important to point out that your films are all made under union contracts, too. So to make a quality film for $38,000 with a union, it, it, this is a feat of nature, and you should have massive yeah, problems exactly. That. And that's what I try to tell people. Give me a million bucks and see what I would do with it. Exactly. Right. exactly. I mean, for real, nobody ever took that chance. I mean, I've talked to people with money, but they don't get it. They don't get the film industry. Honestly, neither do I, because people are eating shit up that I think is crap. I'm yeah. completely out of touch with what people like. <laughs> Well, so I, that's, I don't that's agree really with that. I'm watching YouTube videos, and I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And they're obsessed with stuff. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't either. The stuff with the 2 million views on, like, the first day. And you're yeah, like, why? How about, how about 90 million of a kid opening a box toy? Yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally <laughs> though. I don't even want to make that. I don't even want to. Like, people are like, well, why don't you make the videos people like? Because I, I, I have a soul. I, so I when you're an artist. So that was that leads right to my next question. Actually, you've you've got like the distribution thing down. It seems you use the same distributor now a lot. Uh, but you yeah, get it took me years to find Jeff Swanson. He's amazing. He's a he's like me. He's a one man operation. And he gets the fucking job done. I love the guy. I've been working with him. I started taking all my old stuff and giving it. Don't like, dude, you'll do better with this than anybody else did. And we should be fucking mm. honest about it. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the red box thing and the, and the Amazon thing going. And, and I know that they, I red see them box, promote a lot. Red box was a while ago. And that was actually through, uh, what was the distributor then? God, who was that? I know the, the owner of his name is Evan Crook, which is Steven. Um, <laughs> and that's not made up. 
Yeah, Osiris Entertainment. Yeah, I still yeah. have not seen a report from them in two years, and supposedly have a German me? deal that I've never even seen the numbers for, and we've written on. They're horrible. You need to audit them. You need to audit them. That's bullshit. Yeah, because I got the money for that. Wow. <laughs> exactly. And see, that's what that. they do. They, yeah, they know that we can't. I mean, how am I going to send send somebody over to L.A. to audit some company that's going to give you static for doing it? And, you and send me, hard. I'll go do. I'll I go beat do them up. Philly with, I got like three hundred no, bucks in my bank account. Hey, how am I doing that? I'll audit them. I'll audit them with my baseball bat. How's that? What's their address? <laughs> well, sure. Tina never, right. never you put are, stuff like that on audio. <laughs> They're horrible. And that's, and I went to another distributor after them, which they were a lot more fair when they had the rep that I liked there, but he quit because he said it was a sinking ship. And I haven't made a mm-hmm. dime from them since. And that was the wow. second distributor I had. That was the one yeah, that launched this- Apocalypse Kiss. And they even told me after they had it, sorry, we didn't know what to do with a sci-fi film. Thanks for telling me that now. When you make a movie, do you have the distribution in mind when you're writing it, or do you take care of it afterwards, or do you not worry about it at all? Oh, I absolutely worry about it, because if you don't have distribution, it's like painting a beautiful picture and throwing it in the trash. Like, you have to get it get it out there. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. And this has even been, like, maybe a bone of contention within potent media is waiting for something bigger. And I'm more or less, one, I'm impatient. I'm impatient with everything in life, which is why I learned how to do everything, because I can't fucking wait for people to do it. I got to get hey, it done. Right. That's how shit gets done. You do it. You do it wrong the first time, you get it right the ninth time, and then you do it good. But I I have to get a distributor that can get my stuff out there, put it up there, and 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 not dilly dally. I hate these distributors. They have my movie that's like this micro budget film. Let's wait for we're going to release it at this time because that's when it's big. It does nothing. They do nothing to advertise it, and they go, "Oh, it was your film. You should have bigger actors." I don't get that from Jeff. He knows what world he's what world he's living in. People at Osiris told me, oh, your crossing would have been bigger if you got bigger names in it. You should have got a bigger budget. I said, and we were on the phone with him in a conference call. How, how much of a budget? He should have had $4 million per actor. I said, so you could have lost it all? Right. Yeah, no, and there, you know what? That tells me that they don't know what they're talking about because a $4 million right. film isn't going to necessarily make more in sales and more in sales than a And you loved it when you took film. it. Yeah. That's bullshit. You told me how great it was when you signed on the line about how great you're going to, how all this money you're going to make me. No, they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. You know, as someone that has done distribution, I've been to Cannes, I've been to MeFed, I've been to these things. I've seen it firsthand. Let me tell you right now, you get into an area in the mid zone, it's literally a financial no man's zone because the sales are the sales. And and somebody from Germany, Japan, whatever, whatever territory isn't necessarily going to pay more money for your film simply because you you spent more money on it. Now, they might not buy the film, but they don't think it's quality. Everything is bottom line now because there's too much content. There's yep. content out there. Digital has been a game changer in, in so many ways. And in many ways, it allows you to make a better film. But on the flip side, there's a lot of homegrown content now, meaning that every territory that used to buy horror films from the United States now has they have too much. They don't want your stuff. I watched it drop in the last yeah. 10 years. I was getting 8000 yeah. per per film out in these other territories, which was a bottom line price. And now I'm getting 800 Oh my God, that's a joke. I mean, look, I I would sell, you can't. There was a time when I would sell a film to Japan and and it would be $175,000. 
for the film. And, and believe right. me, Christian, these were not better films long, than what you A long, long time made. ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. My buddy far Lloyd Kaufman told me too. Lloyd said it's over, Christian. I'm sorry. It's, you it's, can't make money on films. I only make money on appearances now is what he told me. I can't even sell movies anymore. It's a joke. Yeah. Nobody wants to pay yeah, for entertainment. Lloyd told me that. independent godfather of film for like 45 years. Yeah. yeah. No, he's not wrong. He told me that he's about right. the Alien Vengeance movies. He said, I, I said, what? I wanted to get you guys to distribute them. Is why I made it. He goes, I'll distribute them for you. He goes, well, you won't make any more money than you're making now. Right. He says, I right. can put them well, everywhere. You won't make yeah. anything. So, so an aside on Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman, um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but he was the president of the IFTA organization that, that we were members of, that you know, oversaw the AFM, but also they would do the contracts like when we went to Cannes, et cetera. They had a, it was a group that you would join of independent films makers and they would take care of the legal, the contracts, all these things. And Lloyd was the president of that for many years. Um, and he has a law degree. So he actually, you know, people know him as the B movie guy, <laughs> but he's actually one oh, of the smartest awesome. guys. Yeah, he's uh, he's fantastic and he knows his stuff and he's not wrong on yes, this. He so does. He's a nice becomes, guy on top of it. And he's a nice guy, yeah. I have nothing but love for Lloyd. Um Anyway, um, I would love to get him in a film. I'd love to get him in a web series. How much fun would that be? It'd be easier so, to get him in a film. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. What? For you guys, Lloyd, you're on the East Coast. Hey, he told me, like, I'm making my money on appearances now. Movies don't make no money. So I'm sure he'd be very open yeah. to coming and doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, make it appear. You're, no, I believe Plus it. Plus, you're a girl. Crazy that that's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... Tina, if you want him in that web series with, with you and Monique, he's in. Oh, he'd be totally in. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, he'll be there. <laughs> he'll be there with bells and whistles. <laughs> um, so Sugar Skull Girls, which is um, a sort of a fun film that you did. It's like a teen horror comedy sort of film. And I think um, it's an interesting concept. How did, how did you come up with this concept? Forces of the Shadow. I call upon thee. There are rules! One does not just up and leave as one wishes, let alone three! Hey! Hello? <gasps> no, it's like, not quite to stare. Did you just put that spider in her handbag? No need for trickery. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, I'm an evil witch. What were you thinking? I ripped it off of Monster High. <laughs> yeah, you got the answer that I never told nobody. 
I love that answer. I love that. We were planning my wife's Batman birthday party one year, and we were walking around Party City, and I saw this stuff from Monster High with these cool-looking girls with all this crazy hair, and they look like all these different creatures. And I'm like, wow, that's a great concept. Somebody should do, like, a real movie like that where they're real people. I bet it would be huge. But make it cheesy. Like, don't don't go serious with it. Keep it silly. Right. That's... I went, I went and wrote it in like, I think three days I wrote Sugar Skull Girls. Wow. And all I did was steal from every other kid's movie I ever watched and put the same type of plot scenarios in. Because if you ever watch kid's movies, they're all the same storyline, just like every Marvel movie, every Star Wars movie. Something from another space is trying to take us over and kill us and destroy the good way of life. And only these super people can stop it. There you go. That's every mm-hmm. movie that's been out in the last 25 years. <laughs> it's the most unoriginal movie I've ever made, but I loved it because I I kept it fun and it was for kids. Yeah, and that's the way it should. That's I I went back to a lot of roots with Sugar Skull Girls. There's a lot of '80s esque stuff in it, like a music video they do, and every like it's very '80s. Mhm. And I love the part where uh, your wife turns into a giant witch, so she's like the sixty foot witch. <laughs> Yeah, she plays the pal witch, and those are the scenes where Carmela shines because she's great at playing these weird characters. Witches, mm-hmm. she was good in Apocalypse Kiss, where she plays this psychopathic lesbian that we don't know who she is. Like she's good at these like really oddball characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she is. She's a good character actress, and she's attractive too. Mm-hmm. So sort of, it seems counterintuitive because generally speaking, when you see actors that do character, they try to like have crazy character looks too. But she's a beautiful woman, so it's kind of a um, counterintuitive can thing that works. Yeah, it works. Um, so who are your greatest influence, creatively speaking, Christian? You have uh, specific things that you saw as a kid that influenced uh, your style now? Ugh. Is that a tough one? I don't one? know. I'm not influenced <laughs> by much anymore, which is sad. I'm only influenced by the music stuff I'm hearing lately. I'm completely mm. disheartened by TV and film lately. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, I like a lot of the old stuff. What was your favorite TV show when you were a kid growing up? Did you have a favorite? Yeah, Knight Rider. (laughs) Knight Rider. Knight Rider was just shit. That's like every, like, boy's dream. Like, I got this car. I can travel anywhere. Everywhere I go, I do good and get laid for it. What makes me so sad about Knight Rider is, like, 10 more years from now, nobody's going to get any of the jokes about the car driving itself. No. You know, like... Yeah, right? none of that's gonna be none of that's gonna be amazing anymore. You're like, kid, come here. They go, well, my car does that. It, it kind of made fun of Michael Knight. Oh, you know the car in that did. I'm just saying, new cars are just yeah. like, eh. New car, you yeah, know, like won't crack jokes, but, yeah. your, your Tesla's not gonna give you a hard time because you want to, you know, go into a building yourself or whatever. Right. Nobody ever explained how Turbo Boost made the car fly. Right. Just you know, <laughs> how does it work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about some of the older nice. TV shows, like uh, One Step Beyond or Outer Limits? Did you ever watch those when you were young? No, nah, it's too boring for me. Too boring. <laughs> so you weren't like. You know, I'm going to tell you something. As I get older, my ADD and my impatience get worse. I'm told this by everybody I work with and everybody who knows me. I'm just impatient. I can't sit through boring shit. No, fair. I can't sit through meetings at my job. I'm like one of the kids that they have to have sit in the back because he can't. He needs a fidget. Like, I can't sit still. I have, like, adult ADD or some shit. Are you pacing right now, Christian? I 
Yeah, I'm, I'm walking around. You, you know how I know, because I've covered every room in my house like six times. Oh, my God. Yeah, you guys I are just, hilarious. I, I talked to one of my friends out in L.A., and he's like, yeah, man, we're almost there. We've been, you know, having meetings on the script for six months. I'm like, six months? So it should be written, yeah. shot, edited, and out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> TV show. Can you imagine TV show writers like, ah, oh, we're still working on it. We should be done in like six months. They'd be like, you're fired. Not happening. Yeah, oh, well, this fired. is it. I mean, this is. But he goes to the studio with the finished script, and then they look at it, and they're making changes. And it, by the time it's done, it's not even recognizable to what they paid to buy. No. It, and I find that depressing, you know? I, I'm like, I, so can I you can you go back and make your original movie? Cause <laughs> right. I've always given the, the the distributors all the finished product. It's done, wrapped up, all the deliverables. I, these people don't know what they're doing. I can go into that for hours doing. about all the people I've worked with that I've met in places who I'm like, what are you doing? Nothing. But then yeah, I come talking. off as a They're talking all. to talk. No, you're right, yeah. Chris. There's a lot of people. Every, every movie I got has gotten distributed and out somewhere, so I got something to say for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you working on now? Do you have any uh, new projects coming up? Yeah, everything right now is going in the puppy slut. I'm, been, I'm shooting a music video for every track because, honestly, if you're not on YouTube, you don't exist. And that's where people are going to find you. If you're on Instagram and YouTube, that's like Facebook's dead. Now, you can't promote anything on Facebook anymore. It's lame. And it's all. Yeah, I'd say Twitter is far more important than Facebook at this point. Twitter's big on the West Coast, Tina. We don't like it over here on the East Coast unless you're like a movie star. <laughs> nobody, nobody I talk to uses Twitter. Unless really? you're like in the industry. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's too limited. Instagram, Instagram, everything. Instagram is the biggest platform out there. Right, and it will be for the next six months. <laughs> yeah, for the next six or seven months, that'll be the biggest thing. But, well, here's the thing. You got to go with what the younger people are leaning towards because they're going to be your buying audience. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I can't push my music on Facebook. My music's too heavy. It's like people are, it's all like, oh, God, yeah, this Facebook's is horrible. Bad. But on Instagram, just, it's like, wow, you're awesome. It's because it's the younger okay. generation is more open-minded. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, I mean, more open-minded about everything. Politics, too. I mean, the millennials are amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm done, and I can't even scroll through Facebook anymore because every other thing is an advertisement. Yep. Oh, it's gross, yeah. yeah. You have to turn the volume off on your phone to scroll through it. That's, that's a terrible yeah. app. Yeah, I I don't use I don't have Facebook on my phone. I never have, um, and I'm rarely on the website. I don't. I, I think it's a crap site. So can you upload video to Instagram now, like trailers? They and things? have to is be that... a minute. You have to have them under a minute. And here's okay. the thing with that. All I do is I take my videos and snippets, minute long, and just say, you know, yeah. watch the full length video on YouTube because Instagram's stopping. They don't want you posting hours and hours of your own crap it's supposed to be for photos and little blips my name's puppy slut typing into youtube i'm the first thing that comes up that's how you should exist <laughs> it's probably the only thing that comes up <laughs> no i bet you by the end of this by the time people listen to this there's going to be a puppy slut one a puppy slut two puppy slut two puppy slut <laughs> people are going to be trying to ride that puppy slut train <laughs> there you go ride the train Oh my God, you're hilarious! Now boarding. That's bad. Yes, please, please watch my Indigo Blue music video. 
That okay. is the first video I released. I'm working right now. You asked about projects. I'm actually doing something very Apocalypse Kiss-esque. My new music video is actually going to be uh, an alien invasion. Oh, cool. Nice. And inside of the spaceship, when they begin their attack, they play music, and they have clones inside the spaceship that all play the music, which will be me. Oh, nice. So I'm Very like cool. the sound of the mu- I'm the music that gets played when they attack a planet. Great. So are you not wanting to do any more feature film production, or are you just putting that aside temporarily while you work on I would only stuff? do them if I was paid to, and I was highly interested. I've been asked to do projects quite a few times. And I'm just not interested in them. I don't care what they're paying me. I can't put me into it if I can't get into it. Right, right. But if the right thing came on, so you don't want to actually produce, raise money, and do any of that anymore? You feel like there's no money to be made at the end of the day? It's just so, it was so not, I hated doing crowdfunding shit. I hated it. Oh, I hate crowdfunding too. Yeah, it's gross. I agree. But, if I had, like, a really popular person in my project, of course I'd put them up there to get the money. But I still hate it because it's fucking douchey. And I'm it's so douchey, but everybody I, like this I, Chris, and, I agree. And please do that. And please support this. And go fill this out. Nobody does it. With, Nobody wants to do it. No. You know why? Because it's not fun. And, and like, that's what you, you got to keep that in mind is your audience. Not just who wants to listen to your stuff, but how they do it. I've actually considered making one-minute songs just for Instagram, so you can just watch the whole song in a minute. Reformat the whole idea. song. Yeah, why not? My stuff's so fucking fast anyway, I might as well end it up in a minute. You know, they'd probably be popular with you know, with the attention spans now anyway. Oh. Can we talk about crowdfunding for a second a little bit? Because I think you touched on something that I completely agree with. It's douchey. What, what would you say, and I know that this is something they're working to, and the argument has been in the past that the SEC was standing in their way, but if you were able to crowdfund and then actually repay your investors, because that's what they are, they're investors, and I think what made it douchey was people – you know, just begging for money on crowdfunding and then turning around and selling the film for a lot of money and not repaying it. They're keeping both pockets. And so, you know, you saw a lot of larger name stars doing this that clearly have access to capital. Um, so, it, yeah, it became douchey. It became something other than a pre-sale. Like, I could understand if you're pre-selling a DVD for 20 bucks, but it, it definitely turned into something else. So what, what is your What's opinion on creating a... Pl- yeah, well... What's the CD? <laughs> um... You know what I'm saying? But what if they were able to, to fix that and then make it where people could fund something and actually invest in your project and perhaps get a payback at the end of the day? Would that change your opinion on it? Well, sure. Anything would change my opinion if it helped out everybody. I mean, I would be completely yeah. evil and maniacal to say, no, I don't like that. But <laughs> that's not the real world. Right. I mean, like, even if I had, let, let's just say I put up like a, Hey, I'm going to go make this like really like fantastic album and I'm going to make a short movie with my music or so, I, whatever. And I want everybody to crowdfund it. 
And let's say mm-hmm. like 4,000 people crowdfund it. How's Chris Brillo going to pay all them back and even have the time to even send all them something? No, yeah, they would. There has to be some way to streamline that. I see your point because if you have a lot of individual investors, somebody's responsible. But he's, I'm independent. I don't. Yeah. Have, I don't have an office of people, and you know, yeah, I got. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's just it becomes too involved and not fun, and it's just like I don't care if my music's free. Honestly, I, I just I gave up with the whole. Mind. I don't. I'm gonna die poor. I realize that. I'm going to die poor, but I'm going to die poor and happy and at least feeling like I, I did the things I wanted to fucking do. That's why that. I just put my shit on YouTube, and even my distributor is going to put the shit on YouTube and say, and if you want to buy it, come here. But we all know you're going to get it off YouTube anyway. But we'll sell your merch and right. make some money. Right, right. So that's right. where so the money is in the touring and merch. And he even told me, I really don't sign anybody that's not touring because that's where you sell all your stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of like these bands, and I showed him examples. I said, plus it's me. And he's like, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're in. We'll, 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 we'll put you out there. I said, because cool. I'm going to exist exclusively on video. Everything's going to be a, a video. What about, um, Christian, what about a site like Patreon where you can do a subscriber-based content? Are you familiar with Patreon, um, the website? It's like a it's a newer sort of way it. for okay, it's a newer sort of way for creators to put up video content or podcasts, whatever. Oh, and, like one uh, of them. And I hate those things. You know where you got to be? You got to be out in, in the Walmart world. You got to be out right on the street, and that's that's YouTube. That's Instagram. Like you got to be out where. I feel like YouTube. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the devil's advocate on YouTube. I think YouTube is has really run its course. Their behavior the last year has been really atrocious with the content creators. I don't know if what you know this, but they terminated my channel. What else do you have? I think that's the that's the question. That is the question right there. What else do Vimeo, you have? And I think they're horrible. I think yeah, I think a new they are horrible. That's exactly it. I think a new company is going to come along and take up all of the disenfranchised content creators. And here's the other thing. YouTube now placating network television. They're streaming network television. That's their new thing. Right. That's what they're headed right. for. So, but they do need to have like somebody else that's popular. But here's the problem, and this is what, what happens with all this stuff. It's just like social media. Hey, you got a Twitter. You got a Facebook. You got an Instagram. You got a Snapchat. You got this. How the fuck am I going to manage all this shit? And that's the same thing with that. I'd rather YouTube just reign supreme because I've already landed there like 10 years ago. I hope they right. just stay the big okay, one. But because Christian, I don't want to move. Happens, okay, but Christian, what happens if they terminate your channel? What do you do? Well, you're fucked. Yeah, okay, so that's I have that happen to me. That's my point. What I, happens if I get a job you? and I pay my bills with it and they say, guess what? We're leaving. We don't like you anymore. You're fired. You're fucked. That's, and then you, you cross the fucked. next bridge. Right, but, but my right problem, now, I got what you're saying, but my problem is this. YouTube puts themselves out there as an aggregator of content, syndication, whatever you want to call it, distribution. You know in, in the other world, you sign a contract with somebody, there's, there are certain things that are met as partners in a business agreement. YouTube does none of that. It's, it's at their yeah. will across the board, and that puts Well, that's why creators. I don't even do copyrights on my stuff anymore. I haven't, mm-hmm. copyright, I haven't copywritten my TV show. I haven't copywritten a script, a song, anything in three years well it's still covered by because copyright law but it's pointless <laughs> what's the yeah. copyright everybody steals shit and does what they want with it anyway i see my That's movies true. being streamed everywhere for free i've chased them down when i first got into this game and i was like what am i doing 
This isn't my job. Yeah. I have to take file. This is what I think for copyright for. for. Yeah, but you have to file the DMCA takedown notices. I, I have to do yeah, it. Yeah, who's that time for out. them? Chris Grillo. I have a job and, and too many animals and a wife. And, you know, I'm like, what <laughs> And too many animals. Oh, yeah. Isn't it an achievement enough I made this shit? Like, can't I just be the guy that makes it? Well, I mean, that's why I got a good distributor. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Russian site that was uh, bootlegging one of my movies, and I was going to take it down, but I've got better reviews there than I have anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, I can't read them, but I can see the stars. You are so funny. I remember when... When Deer Crossing came out the year after, I posted a bootleg Mexican version of it. <laughs> That's too funny. It's funny. Did they dub it? Over? I just saw the artwork. I found it online. I'm like, whoa, there's oh, like okay. somebody bootlegged the Mexican Deer Crossing. <laughs> That's so funny. Way That's back so in my VHS funny. days, one of my friends um, told me, he goes, I'm walking through this truck stop. And I see your movie. I'm like, what are you talking about? So a VHS copy of your movie Dark Rose with this like white paper cover out of somebody's inkjet printer with just the title (laughs) of the movie on it. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He's like, no. Then uh, you want to hear hear one worse? I I found our movie at a flea market for sale. You're kidding. (laughs) Brand new. They were selling bootlegs at the flea market. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, oh. for real? <laughs> wow, we made it. That's exactly. Once you've been bootlegged at a flea market, you're you're in. Wow. <laughs> somebody somebody ordered from the producer like a hundred copies of it for this Russian market and, and or Ukrainian something. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, and they they really wanted the VHS version. This was after VHS was dying. And I'm like, dude, I think they just want the big cases to smuggle stuff around. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, maybe maybe don't sell to that. Because <laughs> they know nobody's ever going to want to open this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody so will look what? in there. What is the future then? What do we, what do, we do as content creators? What's the future then? What do we do to make money as content creators? I think that's, I mean, we no, have to at some point be able get to get a day job. <laughs> Tina, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up my thoughts on on content creation and art in, in one one fell swoop here. We're back in the days of like traveling carnivals and stuff, where people mm. would come by and somebody would sell you some snake oil, and the next one would put on a show. But everything was like, hey, if you want to come watch and give us something, feed us for the night. That's where we're at. Yeah. That's not untrue, actually. It's kind of crazy, but... but I, I, I used to time working with the kids on Sugar Skull Girls in any movie I did. Well, that's true. Kids have a, kids generally have a better attitude. Yeah. They, yeah, well, that's why I like kids better. They're not, they're not destroyed by the world yet. Yeah. The people who don't like to work with kids on set, though, are like other actors, right? Because they're, no, they're upset the kids on, are getting the attention. On. I had a blast. I, had I a did blast a film. I did a film with kids. Magma. We had a lot of kids. I, I was a school teacher. I loved working with kids. They were adorable. In fact, my niece and nephew are in the film. They're in the class. And I love looking back at those scenes and showing them to my niece and nephew who are now adults. And I'm like, see, there you were at six, 
and they're like, what? <laughs> See, now we're back to the working with family thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had them cast in the film. I'm like, you're putting my niece and nephew in this for posterity. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm studying the, the people who are going to, you know, watch or not watch or listen to my stuff in, in five, six, seven years. And I'm looking at the trends that, you know, what they're into. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even get it. And they have but, great I mean, there are, I do get other stuff. And they, these kids have short attention spans, just like I do. And they want to just be inundated with content immediately when they want it and then put it away when they want it like a toy yeah people yeah. don't love movies the way they used to like art you just have to create stuff that people are going to like dig if that if you want to be watched or just make it for yourself like i do yeah, yeah and, I that. and i think authenticity is really important you have to be true to yourself as an artist yeah and you'll find your niche fan base of 30 people you know <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Well, you're the person who sits in a, in a popular movie and says, I don't get it. And then you're the yeah. person that creates stuff that you like. You're like, all right, so really, how many other people are going to like it? Because the, the whole world likes something I don't get. Right. That, and I, and that. I've come to grips with that. It's one of the reasons I'm not making movies anymore. It's too much work and time and money and people's, you know, stuff to put this thing yeah. out and just like nothing happens with it because they just don't get it like everybody mentions the first five minutes of apocalypse kiss you did too what's the first thing you mentioned about it the fact that which one of look yeah <laughs> but, but on the other hand what did you mention about my movies when you ever see the bad lieutenant harvey Keitel? uh no but I love Harvey Keitel. Well, whenever somebody mentions Harvey Keitel in The Bad Lieutenant, they mention one scene all the time. That's where he beats off in the window of, a, of some girl that he pulls over. Mm. Okay. They mention that every time. And why do they mention it? Because it's the most disturbing thing in the film. That's right. right. So I did it in the beginning, and everybody on my set said, why are you doing this in the beginning? You scare everybody away. So I'm always scaring away the people that shouldn't be watching my movie. <laughs> well... I throw the shit right out in the front. Here you go. Here's who I am. And are you ready or not? That was yeah, one of the things yeah. I, I actually gave credit to, uh, and not disturbing at all, but just stupid. Um, Indiana Jones, the Crystal Skulls movie, that yeah. whole refrigerator sequence at the beginning. And people were like, right. that was absurd. I go, yes, but it was fair because you could have gotten up and left right then. Yeah. <laughs> once you once you accept the concept that that worked, you, were, you knew what kind of movie you were watching. Yeah, that that's where they were going with this. Then you should have known what ride you were on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you know, exactly. it's like they didn't make you waste two hours of your life to find out you were watching a movie that was going to be that out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, worked. you know, and I remember reading a lot of the deer crossing comments. It did have to do with the uh, the scene at the public bathroom where the gay guys are having sex. Like people were really bothered yeah. by that. Yep. And I was like, are you they homophobic? Like, you actually I mean... see how Puritan our country is still. Yeah. And I seriously. saw that in a lot of people appalled by the content. Oh, this oh, this director is disgusting and this and that. It's called, hey, hey guys, it's entertainment and it's, you know, there's chocolate and vanilla. And it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's a horror yeah, movie. it's a horror movie. Where am I going to scare you with? A guy with a mask? That doesn't work anymore. I got to right. scare you with inter- internal shit. I don't get it. I don't get I don't it. At get all. It. Like I don't get like people, people watch reality TV. I don't understand, but people do oh, right, more Sarah, than me. They do. 
That's true. I'm outnumbered. I don't get reality either. I'm outnumbered. We are I'm all outnumbered. <laughs> I'm bored to death with it. I don't care what's going on in these people's lives. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I never understood the Kardashians. What the hell? Like, seriously? I, yeah, what the hell? Look at how many people do. Jerry Springer. Yeah, I don't, I don't get, get, that. get it. I never got it. Oh, my God. I don't Jerry get any Springer's of it. Too, but yeah. people love Out it. Either. Why, though? Why do they love it? I like no, no, you're not out of touch. dinosaurs. Yes. Dinosaurs. <laughs> I like the stuff kids like. Except I, I hate cartoons. Yeah, no. Is there anything, Chris, that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Um, no, not really. I think I've pretty okay. much bitched about everything I needed to bitch about. 